Welcome, you're listening to Abnormal Japan, a podcast based in Tokyo. We share our experience living in Japan while diving into abnormal topics. If you're an expat, curious about traveling, or just a lover of all things Japan, check us out. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and YouTube. All the links will be in the description. Alright, let's get on with it. Hey everyone, I'm your host Bree. Thanks for tuning in. Last episode, we discussed travel essentials for Japan, so check it out. This is the last episode of season two, and we focus a lot on life in Japan. We shared stories and tips on how to live here, but as we plan for the next season, we want to diversify the topics. That being said, we will be taking a couple weeks break as we prep for season three, so follow our Instagram page to be the first to know of upcoming episodes. And as always, I'm here with my co host. I am Count Someone's ready for Halloween. Yeah, it's the best season. It's、I、like mean, spooky, nice weather. You know, it's good to go outside, get a little latte. Yeah, I'm、mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, same. All right, so thanks for our Instagram followers for voting in this topic true crime in Japan. As we slowly enter the spooky season, we wanted to cover topics like this more often. So we'll name the series Japan Crime Files and add to it over time. If y'all like it, let us know and we'll keep it up. But I will say, content warning for violence against children and just violence in general.、Mm-hmm. This episode is not advised for minors. And if crime topics make you uncomfortable, this is not for you. But we do have plenty of other content about life in Japan if that's your cup of tea. So check those out. And as we cover this case, please note that we're only referencing resource material and we are not making any claims. Our opinions are just opinions, and any references is to be just taken as allegedly and not as fact. And all links of the resource material will be in the show notes for those who are curious. All right, let's get into today's topic the Kobe school killer. Seito Sakagibara. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Kobe school killer. Yep. You about to, you about to drop some information? Mm hmm. I'm nervous. Let's go. You're nervous already.、Right. I'm nervous because, like, I'm just hearing this、mm-hmm. for the first time. Like, I kind of look into it, but I don't know the like, full details. So, yeah, we're going to get into super details. So, quick overview of Japan crime file number one. This crime is often referenced as the grisliest murder in memory in Japan. So, this is like some real, real murder. Yeah, it's one of those like just makes you feel uneasy because it involves、mm. a student murderer. So, Sakakibara,、oh, okay. then a 14 year old student from Kobe, Japan, was in his third year in junior high school when he committed the two child murders and wounded three other children in 1997. Now, Kobe, for those who don't live in Japan, is in southern Japan. It's like a port city. Okay.、Mm-hmm. And a lot of things go on there. A lot of people like going there for dates, and it's actually very lively. Right. Is that where Kobe beef is from? Yeah. That's the region? Exactly. Whoa.、Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where this happened? Yes. In 97. Yes. Where were you in 97? Oh, let's see. I know I was like four? I think so. So, I was、uh, about four, too. I know my brother was just being born. So, like, I was a baby, baby. Yeah, we were young when this happened. This is recent. Oh,、mm-hmm. my God. All right. Okay, let's just get over with. Let's go. 
part one, who is Sakakibara? This person is known often as Boy A in Japanese legal documentations. Their famous alias is Seito Sakakibara, which means Apostle Sake Devil Rose. And then also another one that they're often called is Onibara, which is Devil's Rose or Demon Rose. This one was an error from Japanese media. They like translated his alias name wrong. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Onibara sounds like a cool like metal group name. Yeah. Yeah, kind of actually. And then other names, the Kobe child murderer, the Kobe school killer, or just Kobe killer. This person has a lot of names. All right. But officially, his name has not been released to the press per Japanese legal procedures because they prohibit the identification of juvenile offenders. Well, that's good. Mm. Yeah, it is. And we'll we'll talk about how we feel about that towards the end. Allegedly, though, his real name is Shin Ichiro Azuma. Okay. This was revealed by a Japanese tabloid, Shaken Post magazine whom defied laws by publishing the real name in print and a picture of when he was 14. Dang, so they like, they broke the news. Yes. And if you see our voice clip of this podcast episode on Instagram, you'll see his face. Okay. Yeah. Um, But as we tell this story, we will refer to him as Boy A. Okay. Just to, you know, ease the storytelling and prevent butchering names. Yeah. Boy A also sounds kind of creepy. Like, you don't know who it is. It's just some kid. And honestly, like, that's how he was referenced a lot. Like, just Boy A. That adds to the mystery. Like, what? All right, let's. Okay, let's go. What you got, Brie? What you got? Let's start with his early life. All right. So Boy A was born July 7th, 1982. Mm-hmm. In his early life, he began carrying cutting weapons while still in elementary school, writing in his diary that, quote, I can ease my irritation when I'm holding a survival knife or spinning scissors like a pistol, end quote. So at age 12, mm-hmm. he became the type of kid to exhibit extreme cruelty to animals. Ooh, red flag. Red flag number one. Mega red flag. Like, if I saw my child doing this, I would definitely talk to them. I'd yeah. I'd be like, hey, why are you taking weapons to school? Why are you, like, mutilating that bird? Like, what's going exactly. on? Exactly. So, for example, some of these cruel acts, right. right? He would line up a row of frogs in the street and ride over them with his bicycle, as what? well as mutilating cats and decapitating pigeons. Okay, I... I know from like general serial killer knowledge, like, you know, they, they kill cats or they kill pigeons. This boy A somehow managed to get frogs in a line and ran them over. Like that is some real serial killer vibes. I'm sorry. I don't know if this is okay to say, but that's terrifying. I just think he really needed help. He was 12 when he was doing this. So yeah. These feel yeah. like cries for help, but mm-hmm. I don't. And like, it was said that his mother knew that he was mentally unstable. He had other issues oh. as well, uh, but still pressured her young son because he was the firstborn. And that's a huge ah. thing in Asia and sometimes in general in other cultures. Instead of addressing his clear, violent behavior, 
Maybe she didn't know exactly what he was doing, but she did know that he was unstable, hmm. but still was focusing on like, hey, let, like just excel in school. So that's, uh, we don't really know that much on his parental side, unfortunately, in this case. Okay. Yeah. So let's discuss how do we feel about his early life? Like, how do you feel about it? So I, I already talked about the frog thing that frogs like to move. You know what I mean? They hop around like he got him to line up and managed to run them over. Um, the cat thing, the pigeon thing, uh, you know, those are things that may be a little bit harder to hide. I'm curious about his parental situation because there's not that much information. So I wonder, like, did they know he was doing this? You know, I'm not too sure. Because I do know that there's a lot of, like, independent lifestyle with children here. So Mm -hmm. it could have been done, like, at school or, like, after school, you know, before he went home. We don't really know. But I do think if they knew he was, like, unstable or something, they should have focused on that. But I do know that's often put to the back burner in Japan. Yeah, and also kids have a lot of freedom. So, like, it makes sense that he would you know potentially just get away with this kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. i don't know like whenever people talk about oh they used to do all these things i'm like how did how did nobody notice or say something Mm. you know what i mean like i don't know maybe that's just me like maybe i'm missing something but these are these are signs part two boy a's crimes He was 14 when he did this, and he attacked five young kids in total. He injured three, and he killed two. And Mm. those two were Ayaka Yamashita, and she was 10 years old at the time, and Jun Hase, who was 11 years old, and also allegedly his acquaintance, between March and May 1997. That's what? Three to five? That's a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. Months? Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive deep into the details. So before he began murdering, he allegedly experimented with physically attacking girls as he walked to school sometime in February of 1997. So right before he murdered Ayaka Yamashita. Wow. Yes. So on March 16th, after the attacks on the two girls, Boy A murdered 10-year-old Ayaka Yamashita by beating her to death with a steel pipe let's just sit on that for a second wow Mm -hmm. and to kind of add to what he was thinking at the time he wrote in his diary i carry quote i carried out sacred experiments today to confirm how fragile human beings are i brought the hammer down when the girl turned to face me i think i hit her a few times but i was too excited to remember end quote so how do you feel about that that's so heavy Mm -hmm. ah okay let me process this this boy is 14 right now 97 okay and he's attacking girls and these are girls right he's just attacking girls at the time girls before he attacked or before he murdered right so in february he's like you know maybe he's bullying them maybe he's like punching them or pushing them whatever which is also not okay. Definitely not okay. Yeah, and then March to May, he just starts murdering. Like, 
And then what is the sacred experiment? I <sighs> See, okay, I will say uh, some of the things he says later may kind of explain why he is thinking these things. Okay. So the following week on March 23rd, he added to his diary again, uh, quote, this morning, my mom told me, and this is what she said, poor girl, the girl attacked seems to have died. Then he continued, there is no sign of me being caught. I thank you, God. I, I don't know if I butchered that for this. Please continue to protect me. So I feel like he was worshiping this God. Hmm. And that's probably why he mentioned earlier he was carrying out sacred experiments. I worry. Yes. I know this is already in the past, but I worry because religious fervor is real. And like, okay, I'm, I'm going to save my thoughts for the end of this piece. Ooh, yes. Okay. I will. Um, something I will bring into this is that when he mentioned how he wanted to confirm how fragile human beings are, I feel like this is kind of like a classic trope of you know a murderer trying things out on animals mm -hmm. first and then moving on to humans it's really weird and very unfortunate um regardless of religion i just think that's really odd. yes um i will say even though the mom did say something to him which led to him writing into his diary you know saying oh wow i didn't get caught because you know if he got caught the mom would have been like oh my gosh like yeah it would have been this. totally different story yeah but because his mom probably saw it on the news, that's what I'm gathering from this, is that his mom probably saw it on the news. She was just saying something out loud and he overheard and was like, oh, wow, I really didn't get caught. Right. Mm -hmm. That might have emboldened him a little bit, you know, like, yeah. oh, this is just a mystery attacker. Ooh, ooh. Mm -hmm. And Ugh. a lot of the news at the time, they were looking for like adult males. Which makes sense, right? Yeah, That's were, You would think mm -hmm. somebody's murdering someone. You don't expect it to be a kid. Yes. And there have been cases prior to this that were kind of similar of um adult males killing young girls. Yikes. So that's why they were like, okay, let's look for an adult. But it was a kid. So let's move on. Okay. Boy A went on to his next victim. Two months later, on May 24th, he abducted a special education student, 11-year-old oh, no. Jun Hase, and murdered him. But not only just murdering him, but he decapitated and mutilated him with a handsaw. This is, this, if you ah. hear about this case, about Boy A, you will hear about Jun Hase the most because of how he displayed this murder. Oh, he didn't just kill him. No. Three days later, on May 27th, 1997, a school janitor found the head of Hase, a student at Tainohata Elementary School, in the front of the school gate, hours before students arrived for classes. Yes. <sighs> That is like, I can see why they call it the grizzliest because that's just. That is wild. That is not something you ever see. No, that like, and these are elementary kids. That would have been so traumatizing. Yes. I'm not sure if any kids did see. I'm, I, I can't tell you on that, but I just okay. know that school janitor found that. I mean, it's probably still traumatizing for him too, you know, same, but thankfully like, oh my goodness. 
there was a letter written in red pen and it was stuffed into the mouth. Uh, the, the note read, this is the beginning of the game. You police guys stop me if you can. I desperately want to see people die. It is a thrill for me to commit murder. A bloody judgment is needed for my years of great bitterness. So that's what boy A wrote in the note. Additionally, there was some English on the note as well, saying "shul kill," and it's often often translated as "school killer." But I guess he was trying to say something. I mean, he was fourteen, you know. Yeah. He probably didn't know what to write. I guess in English. I mean, he tried. Mm-hmm. Clearly. And it was signed with his popular alias, um, Saka Kibara Seito. Okay, so that's where that came from. Yes, and these characters, like I mentioned earlier, it's there's different um, interpretations, but earlier I think we said Apostle, Sake, um, Devil, Rose, but it's also known as Alcohol, Devil, Rose, Saint, and Fight. Um, oh, because Kanji, you can read it different ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's like the general like understanding of those characters oh my god when the local police read the letter that they found that boy a left a signature and at the end of the letter a cross-like symbol reminiscent of the one utilized by the infamous zodiac killer also so he was inspired i think so i'm not too sure i mean he's 14 maybe he saw something about zodiac killer possibly mm-hmm. this is what the late 90s yes i think that time there was a lot of investigation going on to the zodiac i think recently there was a, an update in the case but i don't remember what it was i remember seeing it in headlines mm-hmm. but yeah that case is very very famous i wouldn't be surprised if this kid in japan happened to hear about it same but um in one of the links in the show notes there are gallery images of said note and stuff like that in the person. So if you are really into true crime, you can check that out. But yeah, when I looked at it, it did look like a Zodiac Killer like signature, like the little right, circle. Right, right. The little symbol thing. thing. Mm-hmm. All right. So later that day, the boy's headless body was found under a house in the woods near the school this just keeps getting worse and yes. worse like and i hate like laughing it's like nervous laughter y'all i swear yeah so remember earlier when we mentioned how um boy a liked to mutilate cats well two mutilated cats were also found outside of the main gate of the junior high school oh my goodness wait okay real quick just so i'm up to speed on everything the two girls that he murdered in may or sorry march and may they were junior high students he didn't murder two girls he attacked three girls he murdered yamashita the 10 year old girl okay mm-hmm. so of the three one of them died three were attacked one was killed okay, okay. and then this and another child junhase okay so and the girls were junior high students and june was an elementary student yes okay Wow, okay, that is a body count. All right, so along with the cat and with Junhase's head, the police did say that they saw those mutilated carcasses also around two other crime scenes before the attacks occurred. Huh. That's not too explained. When I was like looking into it, I was like, so did boy A just like, oh, let me look, make this look even more intense and Wild. just add what I 
like the other cats i'm not too sure or maybe that was practice to like get him hyped up true Uh, all right let's move on this is so like it's not scary but it's like like you said it makes you feel uneasy yes i hope y'all like this it's really grisly there was so many different true crime um stories it's just i wanted to cover something that i didn't see out there because there are like different podcasts and videos about true crime in japan so hopefully we're bringing you something different yeah all right let's continue so on june 6 a letter was sent to the newspaper kobe shinbom in which sakakibara claimed responsibility for the slaying and decapitation of jun hase and threatened that more killings would follow okay in close was a three-page 1400 word letter also written in red ink it allegedly stated, and the beginning phrase was, now it's the beginning of a game. Quote, I am putting my life at stake for the sake of this game. If I'm caught, I'll probably be hanged. Police should be angrier and more tenacious in pursuing me. It's only when I kill that I am liberated from the constant hatred that I suffer and that I am able to attain peace. It is only when I give pain to people that I can ease my own pain. And then um, he also mentioned compulsory education, which formed me an invisible person. Hmm. So what I'm getting from this is that he was probably outcasted, which does happen a lot in Japan. And like, it's not just simple bullying. It's like hardcore bullying to the point, like he said, making you feel like an invisible person. Yeah. And I will say I have not heard too many uh, examples of this, but in a, in one of my favorite fiction books, there is a character of a Japanese junior high stu- uh, junior high school student, and she is a transplant, right? The other students bully her so much to the point of ignoring her entirely, and they create like a fake funeral for her when she's still what? alive. And this is a fiction story, of course, mm-hmm. but like that is some mm-hmm. I've heard some really intense things. So yes. I'm not surprised that maybe this boy, like you said, might have been outcasted, might have been bullied. Maybe he felt like he didn't fit in. Yes. And not saying that just because they did treat him like this, he should have done any of these uh, murders. Or right, attacks. Of course not. Of course. not. But this that's a factor of why someone who who may want to do that. Yeah, and he even says like, oh, I have this constant pain and hatred and I want to give that to other people. Like, clearly and, something mm-hmm. was happening. And this letter, like these are quotes. This is very emotion-filled. I feel like he really deeply felt this, you know, at the time. So he did sign this again with his popular alias, you know, Seito Sakakibara, you know, and strangely, he claimed it as his real name. So... Mm, that's that you think um, that was trying to uh throw the cops off the scent probably i mean most murderers don't give their real name so well yeah i mean that would would defeat the purpose yeah if and Jack it's the kind Ripper of like, was like john the barber or something like yeah it's kind of like the illusions and hiding behind that mask yeah really adds to someone's like sense of power right like the intrigue and he's a kid so he's probably thinking like this is some character that he is he might be power tripping Mm -hmm. so around this time a local newspaper who was um you know talking about this craziness 
uh, misinterpreted his alias and called him Onibana, like we mentioned earlier, which right. is like Devil's Rose, Demon's Rose, whichever. And Boy A was severely angered and wrote back, quote, From now on, if you misread my name or spoil my mood, I will kill three <laughs> vegetables a week. If you think what? I can only kill children, you were greatly mistaken, end quote. And, and by whole... vegetables, he means children, okay. apparently. And this whole time, the cops are looking for an adult. He did confess on June 6th in that letter to the police. Ah. Yes. Okay, but okay. at this point, they just knew that Saka Kibara, the alias oh, name, okay, claimed okay. responsibility. So they're still looking for a Seito Saka Kibara. They're still looking for the actual person, yes. Okay. But Ooh. this said person confessed. Now, this is where we get to when Boy A gets arrested. So they got him. So they got him. Boy A was arrested as a suspect in the Hase murder on June 28, 1997. Shortly after his arrest, he also confessed to the murder of 10-year-old Ayaka Yamashita on March 16th, as well as assaulting the three other schoolgirls around the same time. Okay, so he got caught and fessed up and... Okay. Dang. This all happened in the span of like less than six months. Well, yes. like, give or take six months. Mm-hmm. It was very quick. So, Ooh. some side notes to add to some of his life. Additionally, when the police were searching, they searched um, Boy A's room and turned up to be thousands of hentai manga volumes and pornographic videos and anime. Thousands? Yes. Thousands. It was, like, on a like hentai otaku Like, collector level? level? Yes. Oh, now, God. people say it was his, but I don't know. I feel like a 14-year-old, part of it could be his parents. It could it's, be, yeah. It's not difficult to buy these things, but you do have to be 18 to buy them in Japan. Like, I'm yeah. sure there's, like, loopholes and whatever. Maybe he stole them. You never know. Yeah, it could be that. But I just feel like as a teen, in thousands, I doubt he collected that all in his, like, you know, teen years. Yeah, it he probably could like, have been yeah. a collection of his parents. Could have. This is all alleged. I don't know. That's just my interpretation. I just don't see a fourteen-year-old having thousands. Yeah, that would okay. So what? Fourteen? Even if you start stealing, collecting, buying at ten, give what four years? That's like you gotta steal one or two a day or buy one or two a day. The, yeah, that's not likely. That's not likely. Analysts and psychologists have found a number of disturbing similarities to serial killer. Tsutomu Miyazaki, mm-hmm. like the 1989 otaku murderer. So Boy A was apparently set on a violent path at the, from the very beginning, just like this person. So this is also another murderer case that is very popular and associated with this, just because like of the uh, they found thousands of hentai manga. So there are some similarities person. with uh, what's it Miyazaki and. Yes uh sakaki bara yeah boy a mm-hmm. right yeah they were both obsessed with hentai and violent manga and anime Ooh. and miyazaki um abducted and assaulted young girls and was Ooh. also an outcasted student now the difference is is that miyazaki was an adult so oh okay i still think they're still very different cases but there is similarities with the hentai obsession yeah, so that's very, wild very unfortunate he might have been um what is it called inspired or motivated by the miyazaki case because if that's possible. 1989 
and he was born in 82 he was Mm -hmm. five years old maybe he heard about it or like saw it in some newspapers and i don't know he found some kind Mm -hmm. of inspiration maybe i don't know this is so wild like this is ah all right so exactly how police were able to pin june hase's murder on boy a still remains unknown like the exact details but the police said they were confident that the killer had written the letter because of the included details not disclosed publicly. Uh, so I'm assuming there was details in there that really told it off that like it was this kid. Um, also, after Ayaka right. was killed, they kind of put it all together. And with the other girls being attacked and badly injured at that time, they thought there was a serial killer on the loose. And when this came out and when boy A confessed, they're like, ah, it all comes together. Hmm. It's not, I would say it's not exact enough for me to be like, okay, he for sure did it. But I mean, I'm not there. I wasn't on the case. It's likely because I'm not trying to like really analyze it or whatever. But if we talk about the location of the attacks, like where the schools are and proximity to the kid's house, maybe interviews, they clearly raided his room or whatever. Like, I feel like they were able to put it together with location stuff. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that he didn't do it, but I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Like, know, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Um, all right. So there were a number of people who stated that boy A was wrongfully accused um, a lawyer specializing in false accusation cases and boy A's former principal. So people were rooting for him. They were like, hey, this they, this kid didn't do okay, it. I don't know about rooting. I just think they were saying he was wrongfully accused. Right. Oh, my bad. Yeah, they were they were trying to like say, hey, maybe it's not him. Yeah. And with his former principal, I feel like he just probably didn't want him, his legacy associated with that. So yeah. I think it's a little too biased. I wouldn't take his word that's wild though Mm -hmm. okay all right so because of this because of his age and it being such an odd murder case in 2000 the national diet of japan lowered the age for criminal responsibility from 16 to 14 as a result of boy a kobe murders so they were like this kid is 14 and he had a body count yeah we need to lower the age they changed the law because of this wow Mm -hmm. and then and this is just like an extra little gem in june 1st 2004 so four years after that um the murder of satomi mitarai by 11 year old girl a or aka uh nevada tan there was some discussion that they need to do further envision and possibly lower it from 14 to maybe like 11 because said girl A, another person who killed another kid, did something. So they're just like, wow, these kids are criminals. Should we lower their responsibility? Are now terrifying to me. I, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Yes. I, oh my God. So. Let's talk about it. How do we feel about his crimes? What about the manga stash? What about uh, the age of this? All right. Lowering the age of criminal responsibility from 16 to 14. I I don't know how I feel about that. I really mm. don't. Because 14, you're still like a child. 
But does this mean you can be tried as an adult or does this mean that different laws apply to you? Well, you can't be tried as an adult in Japan at that age, but they're just saying that they have criminal responsibilities. So they're going to be sent to probably rehabilitation or detentions. Okay. But before, um, before boy A, technically, if you did something like this, you didn't have responsibility. So they're oh. trying to say, hey, these kids are doing this. We should put responsibility for them to actually have consequences. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a good idea. I'm still terrified by children. What do you think, Brie? What do you, how do you feel about all this? You're just reporting um, this, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, so yeah. how I feel about this, I just think it's still a rare case. I don't think it's that common for children to do this. But I will say, I looked at the years, right? 1997 right right two years before this was the tokyo subway gas attack oh and when i was researching this this was a point in time where japan had a lot of like doubt in their society society because of the subway attacks they were losing hope in society they were like why are we doing this why is our society falling apart and then with these uh child murderers that happened so close after that. So there was a lot of people just losing hope in their values. Hmm. So I just feel like at this time was a very low point for Japan, like mentally and when it comes to their crime. Right, like in society and stuff. Yeah. That is actually a really solid point. I can see, because I didn't put the connection with the sarin gas attacks. That's That was some real shit. That was two years before uh, Boy A. Yeah. Yeah. Boy A would have been, what, maybe 10 at that time? Something like no, that? 12, two 12. years before. Yeah, okay, oh my God, oh I mean, my of God. course, Tokyo's, you know, east in the middle of Japan, you know. I mean, but something but like still, that, that news, news is going to travel. Mm-hmm. So uh. I just, that's something else I saw when I was researching this, is that people were really devastated around this time. Yeah. And I just feel like, I don't know, I think because of those crimes, I think they're seeing, okay, we need to put responsibility on people who do stuff like this. And we need to really watch out for our children. Yeah. Like, times are changing, you know? Yeah. What's that song? The times they are. I don't want to get copyright. Anyway, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to lighten the mood, you know? Um, okay. What was Okay. You said second question. How do we feel about his manga stash? I, okay. First of all, I don't know how he got thousands. I think that's an exaggeration. There no, might have been a bookshelf. They said they found thousands. They found thousands, and they—that's why they put the association with the otaku murderer. Okay. They were like, it was that much. Wow. Okay. That that changes my perspective mm-hmm. a little bit. I think, and this is um, this is pure speculation, hundred percent allegedly. There are, I thought there was a car coming. There are a lot of really gory manga. Like I've seen some yes. disgust. Thing. disgusting it has like and because you know it's a style of horror or like psychological horror you know what i'm saying um but if you're like 10 to 14 you're still developing and like if you have thousands and adult content i can't even imagine like mm-hmm. and also and there's some weird ish in the yeah okay. i will say yeah manga can get pretty dark here and I did notice you only really have to be 18 to buy said things, but to read it, you necessarily, you just could just stroll up and just read the adult 
manga now like in the store yeah in the store like you know we've been to manga stores you know i mean i've never seen well i may have not seen kids in there but you know they they probably could there's easy access and it's also like in the back of the store no one's really supervising that area so you can easily just stroll up and read something or just take it off the shelf and read it somewhere else like hmm. I'm just kind of trying to think of like how it would be as a teen, you know, that teen mindset. Like, yeah, and this mm. is in the past too, so who knows if they had cameras or not? Like, or if the laws change, because um, I don't know that much about um, le- like legal laws when it comes to age, but I do know that Japan did change some of their adult content legal age laws in recent times. So maybe around this time. It was legal for him to read. Maybe it was easier access. Who Mm -hmm. knows? Exactly. So, yeah, I don't really think it was fully his stash. That's my opinion. Um, And I'm not too sure if that caused him to murder. I just think it probably didn't help his mind state. Right. Again, developing minds, you know, I don't know how I feel about children having access to that stuff. I feel like it's very problematic for their sense of reality in the world mm-hmm. uh, again i'm with you i'm not gonna blame what he did on you know the content that he was consuming uh legally or illegally but i don't think it helped yeah it probably didn't help all right you ready for the next one no but <laughs> let's go part three his reform and return to society in japan People 19 and under are treated as juveniles before the law, and special special protections are given to those 16 and under. As a result, there is no chance that the suspect will face the death penalty, which Japan sometimes applies in adult murder cases. Huh. So So, he wasn't going to get the death penalty? No. Okay. Due to the seriousness of the crimes and that they were committed as a minor, his name and new residence to this day remain a highly guarded secret. Yet his real name, like we mentioned earlier, has been circulated on the internet since June 29, 1997. So like shortly after um, he got arrested, his name was circulating around the internet. Right. And there's no confirmation if this is his real name. Is there? Officially and legally, no. Okay, but this is like speculation from back then. Yes, from a tabloid, someone put things together and found his name, allegedly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Boy A was sent to a special medical reformatory for juvenile offenders in Fuchu, which is western Tokyo, in October 1997 to receive psychiatric treatment and counseling. He was transferred to an ordinary reformatory in November 2001 to learn some social social skills before returning to the medical reformatory in November 2002. So he spent a lot of time like getting counseling and psychiatric treatment. So he's yeah. in a facility. Basically, he's not in the public. At this time, he was. In 2002. In 1997, he got psych- uh, psychiatric treatment and counseling okay, so he's at in- a medical reformatory. So I'm assuming he was probably drugged. You know, because he was at a medical reformatory and then they moved into an ordinary one. I'm assuming this is more to build social skills, you know, like try to maybe get back into society, that kind of thing. Yes. And then he went back to the medical reformatory 
and November 2002. So he spent a good five to six years there. I'm concerned. Is this is this boy A out? We will find out. Ah, I can't handle this. All right. So a three-member panel of the Kanto Region Parole Board accepted the request for parole filed in March 2003. So he was in the reformatories for six years. All right. So he was in the system. Yeah. Around this time, he was like 20 years old. Okay. So Hmm. he did the thing when he was 14. Yeah. He murdered when he was 14. And then he's been in these reformatories. Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Oh, so he's a young adult at 2004? Mm-hmm. In 2003. Oh, sorry, 2003. The board judged he has been rehabilitated to a desirable level and should be released so he can make a smooth return to society. Quote, We came to conclude that the psychiatric care and correctional education at reformatories have obtained good results. End quote. The board has selected a place where he would live and mapped out plans for his daily life. Mm. My concerns with this is like, what is a desirable level? That is a very good question. Um, leave a comment. What is a desirable level of what is it? Uh, societal. I don't know. What like, What is the desirable level of sanity? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure because it's very vague. I don't know, as a board, I feel like you should be very assertive and clear what he has passed to return to society. Like, what are these judgments? Because he's about to enter the public. Right. You want to make that clear. Like, is he good? Is he good around people? Is he good in crowds? Is he good alone? Like, and yeah, that is even very to this day in 2019, mental health facilities and psychology and psychiatric facilities are still out of date so i can't imagine back then in 2000 so yeah that's why that's what i'm saying there should be some clarity of what desirable level means because yeah. des- desirable to me like if you get a grade on an assignment is like a c or b like oh my desirable. god this, like this man is des- coming out of a reformatory a yes, b plus sanity desirable is relative so we're going to need some A plus here. We don't need no B or, or C. Or at least an A minus. What is this B, C sanity? Oh, my God. Anyways, let's continue. Uh. Boy A was released on parole on March 10th, 2004, when he turned 21 and located and located to a different portion of the country. So parole means he's being supervised. So he's out, but he's still... Right, like he has to check in with somebody, like Mm -hmm. a parole officer or something. Exactly. Okay. Meanwhile, the families of the victims have urged the government to provide them with information of the perpetrator, of boy A. Right. Some relatives question whether he really has been rehabilitated. So that would be my question, too. I'd be like, hey, so apparently Hmm. he's out. We don't know where he is. We don't know his name. Still, where is he? That's I mean, I out. understand because maybe somebody might do something crazy to him. So I, I, I do get that. But mm-hmm. boy A is now man A. Like, you yeah, know, man A. Exactly. 21. You a man. Mm-hmm. All right. So at the time, Hase's father, um, Mamoru, he was 47 at the time. He quoted, I believe the man will face various difficulties after returning to society and I think it is an, an ordeal he deserves. The crimes he committed cannot be redeemed even with his whole life. 
I hope that he will not forget that and live his life bearing a heavy cross on his back. End quote. Dang, his dad said, you need to live with that shit that you did. You are a target for life. He said, you did that. You know you did that. I mean, what happened to his son was very messed up. So I I feel that. All right. Yeah, Hase. Oh, my God. Hase was the poor boy. He got it the worst. Mm-hmm. It was all bad. But it, yes. Yeah, it was all bad. But, like, that was an extra step. It was just dis- utter disrespect of a body. Yeah. You know? What, mm. It was a desecration. Mm-hmm. So, with Yamashita's mother, uh, Kyoko, she was 48. This was the mother of the 10-year-old girl that got murdered by boy A. Mm-hmm. She quoted, of course, I have not forgiven his crimes, but I think Ayaka would hope that the man redeems his heart as a human being and lives a good life. Every time incidents involving children occur, I feel that we must question ourselves about what we adults are here for, end quote. That is very deep Mm because I feel like a lot of adults don't take it seriously, but adults like really adults job in life is to protect children. You know I mean, mm-hmm. like protect children, raise the next generation, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, she makes a good point. Yeah. The Kobe killers supervised parole lasted only until December 31st, 2004. So the supervised parole was like, what, what do we say? March 10th, 2004. Right. And then that December, that same year, no more supervision. That's that's not even like nine months. Mm-hmm. It was reported that soon after he was no longer required to report to his parole officer, he moved twice in quick succession and then disappeared. Even his father, who he is still close to or who he was still close to, we're not too sure, claims that he has not heard from his son since last year and says he does not know where his son is. He doesn't know where he's living, anything. Now this last year he's talking about when was when was this statement um was this statement around the same time okay so he hasn't heard from him since two thousand three ish four four ish yeah because there is a fifteen year gap in information I need to know where this boy A could potentially be he was in Fuchu Fuchu's in Tokyo I'm in Tokyo this is not okay yeah yep it's like middle Tokyo right it's it's Tokyo that's close enough. Mm-hmm. This is from Kobe is further than Fuchu to me. So ooh, I don't <laughs> like this. Allegedly to the Internet and people who, you know, try to figure things out. Allegedly, some things were leaked. He lives in Saitama Prefecture, north of Tokyo, working as a welder on construction sites. Now, that is very old information. We still don't know. His identity is protected. True. And like. For those who don't understand how weird it is to move twice in quick succession, contracts and leases in Japan are usually two to three years, depending, Mm -hmm. right, for apartments and stuff like that. You pay a fee if you break a lease. See, but I don't think he was getting regular apartment leases. He was probably getting some under-the-table rental room or just renting a house that no one wanted. Yeah, I'm just saying there's ways to live somewhere without 
being in the system. But I'm sure there are, but I'm saying like in Japan, it's not common to move that often. Oh yeah, no, I so, think anywhere like, that's weird. I mean, you move, boom, boom, and then you disappear. That's sus. Mm-hmm. So Ugh. that doesn't seem like a desirable level of rehabilitation in my C opinion. plus sanity. I am scared and I'm not trying to like demonize mental health here. That's not the thing, but man, y'all, oh my goodness. <laughs> so let's discuss this. How do we feel about how his case was handled? Like the detention versus prison, his release. How do we feel about his name still being protected? Look, I feel like I've talked a lot about my feelings. How you feel? How you right. feel about how it was handled? Specifically? So I do think when he was a minor, before he turned 18, the tension was fine. Right. Like the medical reformatory, the reformatory, I think that was decent from my knowledge of how to handle criminals, right? But I do think once he turned 18, he is an adult, he should have gone to prison because he murdered two people, two children, and he heavily assaulted three other girls. Right. And I feel like... I guess my stance is, I, I'm with you, I understand being in detention as a juvenile, but I feel like they judged him for release a little too quickly mm-hmm. because they didn't even have him check in with the psychiatrist after he got out. Well, we don't know for sure, but he was just on supervised parole. So he I mean, was... yeah, parole is one thing, but like he he did some real heinous stuff. Like he didn't yeah. just kill somebody, he went like... Mm-hmm off the charts i think it has something to do with japan trying to keep up their image as a low crime country because we have heard and you can look this up they do hide a lot of reports allegedly of crimes to appear like there's low crime true and if you don't have crime reported it's gonna look low sorry it's artificially Mm -hmm. lowered you know allegedly it's i do think there needed to be more attention with him and not so easily like oh let's just brush it under the rug because i mean with this case in particular like mm-hmm. that was some wild shit like what part four his book and vanity site i'm sorry did you say his book he wrote a whole book and he created uh, a whole vanity site for himself a vanity site. Yes. Yes. I, what, excuse me? He has a Tumblr? Like, what is going on well, today? I don't know about no Tumblr, but he created a site. Now <sighs> let's start with the book. Okay, you wanted to know more recent information, right? All right, what, what year is this? In June 2015. Okay. I'm kidding, no boy, <laughs> I'm sorry, are we trying to lighten the mood? This is some dark-ish. Boy A, who has presumably been able to refrain from killing again, right? He's just, right. you know, he's just rehabilitated, right? He, He's not going to do this again, right? Reemerged in the Japanese press with the release of his tell-all autobiography. His book. He wrote a book about himself. He's clearly a fan of writing. He wrote hella letters. Mm-hmm. I just oh, wrote yeah. a book. He wrote... Yeah, he wrote a lot as a kid. You're right. So he's just like, oh, I have the skill. He probably was writing <laughs> in the reformatory. All right. Oh, According man. to Japan Times, in the book titled Zeka, right? Am I pronouncing that right? I don't know. Zeka, Zeka. Zeka. I don't know. 
A coined term that makes little sense in Japanese, apparently. The <laughs> author says that as a teenager, he was an, quote, Okay, can you say this one? He was an incorrigible sexual deviant, end quote. End quote. That's what he said about himself. Who had taken grim satisfaction in dissecting animals and ultimately killing fellow human beings. Now, you know, when he said he was a sexual deviant, I was like, wait a second. You just killed people, right? So, oh, no. So, like, I was confused when I was reading this, you know, researching. And no... I did not read his book. I am not giving that any kind of views, any kind of money. This is not that kind of true crime episode. I'm not going too, too Wild. Deep. That is... But I kept it in mind. So keep that in mind as we continue talking. He said in something, 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 sexual deviant. Yes. I did not think about, oh God. Mm-hmm. All right. He expresses regret for his actions in Colbert in 1997, but relates his actions in such detail that readers may be left wondering about his true feelings. So I'm assuming he couldn't even get it all out in his book. Oh, well, the killer eventually sent a personal note of apology attached to the copy of the book to the families of his victims, a move which seems to suggest far more cruelty than class. And I agree. Why would you do that? That is disrespectful. That is taunting. It's like, oh, hey, I know I killed your children back then, but here's a copy of my book and eh, an apology note. And here's the details of how I did it. Like, what? 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 So because humanity is very curious of weird things like this, this is probably why we're doing episodes like this. We're just so curious of the mystery the book was a bestseller at the time. And I'm not surprised. Boy A, or Azuma, or whoever you want to call him now, raked in profits. He got royalties from this. I have no words. <laughs> Let's continue with this. I'm so, upset. This is where we get to the point where we told y'all to remember. So Hase's family was not impressed, especially since the book stated details such as, quote, before he arranged the boy's head on the school gate he locked himself into a bathroom and and this is what boy a said he committed a deed far more heinous than murder with it so people reading this and his family i think it just clicked it presumes that he did a sexual act with the body of hase in that house where he left Ah. the body that is, and you sent this to the families? He sent Bro, the that is disrespect mm-hmm. of Very the highest order. I feel awful for the family reading this because oh God. that is their child. And just not only knowing that their d- child was brutally murdered and decapitated, now you're telling them that you had an act with it, with the with their body, that is just cruel. And like, let's not forget, unfortunately, Jun Hase was a special needs child. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't know if this was a targeted attack. We don't know what he was thinking at the time. Well, allegedly, that was his acquaintance. He knew. I... He knew Jun Hase. Mm-hmm. This like, at first, I was like, okay, we're gonna talk about murder, and it went to child murder, and then now this. Mm-hmm. I like, it has been a downward slope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, when picking true crime cases, there's no, like, bearable one, honestly, in my opinion. This is gruesome. It's still gruesome. So, as he was, you know, getting his royalties from his book, he set up his own vanity website. Oh, my God. Now, I will not name the website, and I don't know the URL. I will not give any of that information. You research on your own will listener if that's what you're into apparently it's very hard to find um but there is no confirmation that the work is of boy a but it is highly uh, suggested that he did because of the information on there um the weekly magazine shukan bunshun said thursday at the time it was they received a letter from him on august 31st i'm assuming in 2015, yes. Probably 2015, 2016. Yes. Detailing how he came to release the memoir. The letter went on to say that he set up a home web page and gave the URL. So this information, this letter, says that he set up his own vanity website, but it's not like for certain. Because it's just a letter sent to the magazine. Right. So it's still like alleged. Right. And it could be somebody who is faking it. True. So the website declares that it will be the sole source of information about Boy A since he is not a user of online social networking. He would be canceled. He would be canceled today. Yeah. He probably is. He's already canceled to me, but. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying like. Yeah, if this was like circulating right now, like, oh, gosh. Anyway, so some description of the site. The gallery section shows nude photos of a man wearing a mask like a face mask like medical mask which viewers are invited to believe is boy boy a himself the website purports to show art created by him including photos and drawings of slugs it also (laughs) includes comments by him about his favorite books because you know if you want to get to know the author a little bit more (laughs) oh my god i wrote this book my favorite books are x and y and z you should check them out what like what yep i like i I was in shock before i am in complete shock now like like again i had known some of the details but not all like i was like oh we should do this one right but i I didn't know much about it it's dark and even when you were researching you were like oh i found out some weird stuff i was like all right well i'm waiting for it and yikes Mm -hmm. vanity website yes with nude photos Mm -hmm. that's and that's weird because you know how there's like groups of people who like Mm -hmm. fetishize murderers and they like i don't know they get off to that like dark side of humanity definitely fan bases and there's people who can fetishize or glorify Mm -hmm. these murderers i mean you can see that even to today with um, school shooters like people can glorify these murderers so i'm not surprised yeah that's just really weird this is giving free access to his possible fans so i think this is really disturbing yeah it not for me. me it makes me question if maybe he got letters by people who glorified his crimes <sighs> uh, it, it worries me that he might inspire others mm-hmm. so 
Of course, this is lacking any kind of remorse or true apology to the family of his victims. Like he's making a vanity site, right? Um, but apparently he wanted to engage with people and the website offers an email address for them to send comments. And experts say that his latest move, you know, him making a site showed that he was self-absorbed and wanted attention from the public. I guess he was learning social skills in his reformatory and made an email. Like, mm-hmm. what? I know. Like, did they teach him, oh, hey, here's how to make an email and oh, here's is, how to make a site. Yeah, the early internet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But I, wait, we're not too sure if that happened, but it's just, it's the, weird. Speculation, alleged, these are jokes, trying to lighten the mood, but what? Like, who? I. It's just disturbing. This and, is so disturbing. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when you just let killers on the loose. Like, are at desirable level of rehabilitation they go on they move around they disappear and they create these sites and create a book like come on you made a whole book who published this Uh, that is a good question who i don't think this was self-published because this is the early days of self-publishing like that would have been way harder than it is now if i can remember from when i read i believe there was an actual publishing company and people were upset with that company i would be too that's like jeffrey dahmer releasing Mm -hmm. his diary and making money off of it or like i don't know like if hannibal was a real person and making profit off of it like that's so weird yeah so how do we feel about this release and him getting royalties and as an author myself that is whack like Mm -hmm. i I would say if you're gonna write a book i'm not gonna stop anybody from writing anything But if you're going to make money off of it and you are a criminal, you need to give those royalties to the victim families. Or some kind of like give back thing. You know what I mean? Like you you just raking in profits. The victims' families. You really do. Like what? You shouldn't be making any kind of money off of your book. If anything, that money should be going towards like stopping further serial killers like young serial killers like mm-hmm. give kids education on emotional well-being and all that stuff like mm-hmm. yeah and, and yeah definitely to the victims sight, uh, i mean i'm not here for censorship i don't agree with that i know it's there's great areas but i just think it's not the best idea but yeah we can't control that yeah and i can't stop people from doing it i mean some people can you know censorship whatever but like he made a site out of his own will mm-hmm. we don't know if it's him because he's protected mm-hmm. like and that makes me curious what name did he publish the book under uh that was not said so so how do we I'm know sure. it's even him oh but he sent the he sent okay, the letter so he probably did okay mm-hmm. Dang, this is all just like so deeply unsettling. Mm-hmm. Oh so, my God. Like I said in the beginning, this is all going off of resource material and it's all alleged. So I hope y'all enjoyed this case. It was, of course, dark, but I mean, it gives you insight of what could happen when children are isolated and marked as invisible people and the disregard of mental health and mental issues, we really need to consider this kind of stuff when we're raising children or when we're teaching children or just interacting in general with people because it's so easy to just 
ostracize people and be like, oh, that's the weird person. And we don't really know what's going on with them. Right. It's so easy to dismiss people. And I don't know who said it first, but somebody on the Internet recently has been uh, somebody said something on the Internet and it's been making waves. Everybody you see is dealing with something you can't see. So, Mm -hmm. like, I feel that maybe giving people the opportunity and tools to handle their emotions better or cope with things better is extremely important because these kinds of things happen and these kinds of things affect like children in this case Mm -hmm. but like it's the the thing is that this wasn't an adult who didn't know how to deal with their shit this was a child who didn't know how to deal with their shit who needed guidance really guidance attention and something something Mm -hmm. there was a lot of there was a lot of signs there's a lot of red flags and we as a society, as adults, you know, we need to take care of these situations a lot better, especially people in power who yeah. are hands on with these situations. We got to do better. Yeah. But yes, that was a uh, Japan crime file. Number one for abnormal Japan podcast, the Kobe school killer, Seito Sakigibara, boy, a all of the aliases. Yeah. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. And I know this isn't our normal style of episode, so I hope y'all enjoyed. I hope we didn't freak anybody out. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed my discomfort because I did not enjoy it. That mm. was like I'm I'm itchy. I'm like tense. Mm. I yes. hope y'all enjoyed the episode. This was this was very mm. intense. And I hope we went to enough detail. Um, but yeah, links to the resources in the show notes, like always. And if you want more episodes like this one. Leave us a comment or follow us on Instagram where you can vote for future episodes from time to time. Mm -hmm. We are taking a break. We'll see y'all on season three. We would like to cover some true crime, maybe some urban legends, you know, some myths, you know, like, ooh, scary myths, you know? Spooky Halloween time. Yes. So if you want more content from us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We try Japanese snacks and film mini vlogs over there. And we appreciate everyone that tuned in yeah all right thank you everyone i again i hope you enjoyed season two and we'll see y'all in the next season yes okay bye everyone bye thanks for listening to the abnormal japan podcast stay tuned for future content by following us on instagram twitter and facebook support us by leaving us a review sharing us on your socials or even joining the abnormal community on patreon until next time